Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, Sethin! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, he's uh, he's in procedural breach of being a little late today. It's Luke Holmes. What do you mean a little no. late? <laughs> you're not. No, you're not a little late. But just... <laughs> I was going to say, I was I just, a minute early. I just wanted to use, use procedural. <laughs> I'm not the only thing you could come up with. You've had what? <laughs> A whole week to come up with this. To be honest, the only time I've given this some thought was in the last 10 seconds. Wow. Because you, you definitely don't sit there and prep your lines like I do. That's, that's no, I certainly thing. don't. I don't I don't give 100, 110% in that in that regard. That's, that's poor on your behalf. In fact, I don't, sorry, I don't give, uh, I don't give 5% in, <laughs> in this case. Or under Great. 5%. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, that's the story. <laughs> Nothing, man. No, absolutely nothing. Terrible day for football yesterday. No mm. motorsport on. Actually, I missed a cracking MotoGP race Supposedly, morning. yeah. Um, I watched the highlights. I need to watch the full thing. Where the in, the top eight were covered by, I think it was two seconds. Safe, Ridiculous. Was it, were they like safety cars or that kind of thing? No, nothing. Oh, oh wow. Just, just the pure racing. Insane. And there was four in the regional European present by Alpine on, but I haven't, I've only watched, I only watched qualifying. I see. I know um, there's been a lot of um, junior series on fin- that have been finishing up. A lot of champions I've been seeing crowned on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, very. I guess very. You you saw this tweet earlier in the week. I I saw it as well. Um, do you want to cover just how bonkers this year of motorsport has been for like guess like FIA uh, registered championships? Oh, you're on about this one. Yeah. So the F1 race in Japan ended with Max Verstappen winning the title under stewards and uh, red flag conditions. Not red flag conditions. What am I on about? Um, stewards' decision, mm-hmm. sorry. F2 was uh, stewards' decision, I believe, as well. And F3 was sorted after the race had been red flagged. That's where I got mixed up. So all three of the top European racing series had their championship decided off track rather than on track. Yeah, which is bizarre. Djokovic was like he was just in, he was in the pit lane; he wasn't even in the car. That's the one. That's the one. And then, of course, we had the news this week that W Series had been cancelled for the remainder of the season, and Chadwick now has her third championship. So she was declared champion, not being in her car either. So if you're looking, if you're hoping for you know an epic radio message for when the champion you know knows that their champion crossing the line like we did last year in Abu Dhabi. Uh, sorry, you're not getting any of that this year. <laughs> None at all. None at all. The closest thing we had to that is in IndyCar, and that's that's about it. Mm. Uh, so. Do you want to talk about W Series being cancelled at all? Mention it, I guess. It's it's a shame, but they need to get the right together with the finances and get some good backing from somewhere. I'm sure, some of the drivers can dip into the pockets. Cough, cough, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, the the idea of cancelling these last few races in Mexico and USA was that it, it kind of sets tries to set them up for next season, so they could run the full yeah. season then. And they and they fairly they're fairly uh, confident that they will have finances available to them. But obviously, this year got tough because we actually remember I remember we talked about it very very briefly. The promoter in Singapore had to help uh, yeah. for for uh, to put on W Series. My. Uh, I guess the big, the big, look, the biggest thing I would, I would just say to that is, 
do you, does W Series need to go? I know they originally were going to go to Japan, I believe, but then they changed to Singapore. Do they need to go to USA, uh, Mexico, Singapore, all the like? Do you have to travel so far for W Series when you're struggling with costs? And I imagine freight. We know freight. Uh, we talked about this earlier this year with the F1 when this was going on to be really, really expensive. And do you need to be doing this when you're struggling? It's very well, <laughs> plain and obvious to hear now that you're going through some uh, financial issues. Definitely not. You could make a cracking racing series by just staying in the UK. Never mind going into sure. Europe. There, there was some great tracks in the UK that I think would benefit, i.e. W Series at Donington, I think would be pretty good. Uh, Snatterton. Then if you move on to European tracks, there's plenty, plenty to pick from. So many good ones. Magello would be good for W Series. It would be. It would be very good. Like, just, just stick with those core European ones and build yourself up. And then eventually, in a few years' time, when you've got your steady platform, build yourself up, get there, get that steady platform, and then branch out to occasional ones in America where you can pick up, like, big sponsors and stuff like that and go to Japan or whatever. You've got to sort of steady the ship first before basically chucking themselves in the deep end, which is what they did. I know they're trying to stick with the f1 show for the mass majority of the of the time which is a, is a good thing i guess but at the same yeah. time i don't need to be there a few weekends sure but not they don't need to be there every single time for their own race they can i think they should go off on their own back a couple of times a season hey, like I, I know i mentioned them passing but like this is what former regional european presented by alpine do like this they're just they're going around spain at the moment they'll go around Magello to end the season i believe as well uh, they're in Italy early in the season. Well, like they, you know, they they go off kilter to the other categories, with the exception, I think, before certainly last year was Monaco, but yeah, Monaco was yeah, it's the only time I've ever seen them on. Maybe Baku, I don't know. I could be wrong on that one. But I do think there's so like there's so much like they're insistent on these kind of flagship events like Kota and Miami was their big one really their their opener. Uh, look, those are nice things to do, but. Ultimately, you you have a, you have a championship to run, not just a race. You want to run a championship, and look, it doesn't change the fact that Chadwick was, like wasn't going to win it. But she won after three races. Like. Yeah, she had. But like there are other drivers that begin to pick up some steam. Like you know, so I don't know. I think like that opportunity been taken away a little bit. And there are you know people's careers who like obviously hinge on this as well because not everyone has the trajectory that you know like Abby Pulling say in the uh, Alpine affiliate program, for example. So. You know, it's it's tough, and I don't know. I feel like you could complicate things a lot less and get a championship in by not going to the Americas and the such when do you do really need to, unless you have to go for you know to to for, for those backing reasons. You know, like do you are you under obligation? I don't know. It's I don't know, but they're insisting that they want to go. They're going to go back to the the United States next year. So yeah, good luck. What's that, man? Yeah, well, if they, well, they, I mean, they can, but they will. Well, first of all, they've lost just these lost their United won their United States trips just coming up. But uh, if you're gonna go for Miami, then you know maybe you're not getting the you whole season. Be good racing at Dakota though for them. I don't understand it. I think it would be to be fair. The the, the problem with the, the reason why you don't get we don't get great racing in W Series is because we they don't have the there's no DRS and there's no push to pass. Like there is, say, in uh, foreign regional European by Alpine and IndyCar. So that you've not got these overtaking aids to help. Uh, the 
this the the setup doesn't help either with the actual race setup like the the format uh, i just mm. the time thing i don't think works for w series uh the one, one race i don't think works for them i really think they should have two and i think there should be a reverse element to it uh to yeah, the second so one as well right. you know i think it should mirror a lot of what f2 does just because we've right. just we've just seen how start of start of action w series can be at times and the cars aren't helpful and neither are the, is the format because when we've seen a bunch of uh safety car ridden uh races and time limits and we've we've seen the problems with that over in the last two races in f1 as well so imagine the whole series where that dynamic is around and we can't overtake really as much so you know i, I there's a there's look if, you, if someone give you a blank page to fix w series i'd be happy to do it with some of those suggestions we've, we've literally just done it yeah i think stick to your uh, add, a, add at least drs or push the pass and add another race into each weekend and do this the sprint style point system for the first and the feature style points for the second and you'd be golden i think mm. make it interesting because you'd have drivers up and down the grid who are in the correct place and it would actually give them time to shine which i think a lot of them don't get yeah so like you literally chadwick steals the show yeah this is, what, this is exactly what i was going to say is that <clears> you've got you've you've got a quite a considerable skill gap especially at the moment at least from the top of chadwick and such yeah. uh Make make her work for it. Make her start P eight or P ten. Maybe not P ten. There's not as many drivers. Maybe P eight, and you know, make her make her work for it. Make her work for uh, one the rever- the reverse race, and then you've got the race where she's rightly put on pole position, and she can go dominates from there if she wants. But at least the first race will give some some more action up and down up and down the field, to at least for like in terms of like contending for a victory. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Just do that, and you'll be golden. I think. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, shame again. It's a shame because we we didn't. Uh, did we did we get we had we had to get like a, we lost Mexico from W Series. We had to have a US a Cota double header finale. Well, I'd like to see, again. These are good tracks like Mexico and Cota. Well, I do think it would have been better than some of the other ones we got, like Spain uh, for W Series, which is whew, uh, rough, <laughs> very very rough. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, a shame because I was actually. Do you know what? Now that there's no F two F three. I was actually looking forward to some W Series at Cota, but uh, alas. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. The, the lack of racing action has really dwindled down. Yeah, it's starving at this stage, isn't it? There's like no, like no, like no F two, no F three, no IndyCar, mm. and if you're really desperate, no, uh, no uh, Formula E. And then even pushing that, no touring cars because that's finished as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, a bit of a star time of the year in terms of that. But we still have F one and lots of hap- lots of things happening in the world of F one. Yeah, is this for a segue? Uh, right, so as expected, on the Monday from last week, Monday week ago, as you're listening to this, the FIA released their findings for... Actually, sorry, before, before I run into that, because I'll forget this otherwise, because we were... I'll just do this very, very quickly. There was mass confusion last week about the whole... Um, should the race... Cause only because I spent so much time talking about this last week and harping on about it. Uh, there, was so much, there was a lot of confusion about whether the race should have been a lap longer in Japan the week before. Uh, that screwed over a few drivers. Uh, potentially the even heck, even the t- the implications of the clerk and Verstappen's title t- quote title battle. If there's an extra lap oh. or so to defend, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but the per- apparently, I found this out during the week. The period is if the it's, the rule is not the same for the two hour limit versus mm. the three hour limit. For the two hour limit, it's then plus one when it hits zero. For three hours, it just ends on the lap you're on. Uh, and so that threw everyone for a loop 
uh, absolutely everyone. So it, that probably also is indicative that probably needs fixing. If it's something that everyone has overlooked, then you know probably probably not the idea. And heck, there was a piece on the race that went up. I think even on on Sunday about whether there's an actually a lap too short. Uh, sorry, yeah. where it was actually too long. Too, too long. You're right. Yeah, sorry, wrong word. Uh, because the race total time was three hours, one minute, and forty four minutes. So, I don't know if there's a lap where uh, beforehand, but yeah. So I just I just wanted to mention that as a correction from last week because I I was in, I was very uh, sure and insistent that it was the same. Like uh, so, well, like every like all other teams, I was operating on the assumption that it was the same for the two hours as it is for the three. But no, that is not the case. So that's why. Yeah. So they were right. They, they they did get that correct. It was just Something. like a lot of things they got correct on the Sunday. It was just very confusing. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have a standard for the rules. Oh, if it's this scenario, we'll do this. But then in another scenario, we'll do this. Just make it uniform mm, me, so everybody knows what's happening. Me thinks there'll be some tightening of uh, some of those. Uh, some of those. They've rules been tightening the rules year. for the for ages, Graham, and they're still the same story. So I, I won't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. True. Anyways, we'll go now. Now we'll get into the cost cap stuff. Now that's out of the way. We'll get into the cost cap stuff. FIA released their findings, and look, we'd heard a lot of reporting based prior to this about who the two teams were going to be and this and that. But it turned out to just be one team, and it turned out to be Red Bull, and it turned out to be just a five, uh, less than five percent breach, so a minor breach for Red Bull. Uh, Williams got a, uh, a fine for having their, sub- their submission late. Which I actually think we I completely forgot about because this was I think we did mention this earlier in the year that they were likely not going to get it in on time, uh, but it's just a very long time ago at this stage, like March. Huge, yeah, I can't even remember by then. Jeez. But but it does sound very vaguely familiar. But I just I maybe I just didn't read into anything of it. Anyways, they got a twenty five thousand uh, uh, fine, and Aston Martin, the other team that was rumored to have been in breach. Uh, turns out they were not on breach, but they they got a procedural. Uh, they were a procedural. Uh, there was a procedural breach there for Aston Martin, so they don't come under the uh, the penalties that Red Bull are going to come going to come into. And Red Bull released a statement afterwards saying that they were surprised and uh, about their submission still. So look, there's a lot of loose lines here. Uh, first of all, I guess just we'll go take this bit by bit. First of all. Were you surprised that it ended up being, you know, just based on reporting before and Total Wolf was running his mouth a lot at Singapore, that you know that one team was drastically over. I assume he didn't mean he didn't, he didn't mean his buddies at Aston Martin. So were you surprised that it was just the five less than five percent that Red Bull were found to be in breaching by the FIA? Yes and no, because I said at the end of the last podcast that I think they'll have gone quite a bit over. But then again, in previous weeks to that, I'd said no. It was going to be a minor one. So, yes and no. <laughs> I am surprised, but I'm not surprised at the same time. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised Aston Martin were not at all in breach? Yes, actually. I, th- I thought they would have gone miles over the budget, but apparently not. I guess but, it... Uh, yeah. It bad that I'd, I'd gone in on them. <laughs> well, that's, well this, look, this is... Uh, this is this, 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 you, you segued nicely into our, the next point, is that this is why we didn't want to jump on the on the wagon, so to speak, with uh, flaming Total Wolf's comments fully because... Oh, we need to flame his comments for what he said. Jesus Christ. Well, at this stage, yeah, this because turns out the reporting, whatever leak the FIA denied they had, was clearly correct in some form or fashion because it clearly wasn't as egregious as as first reported from from any team. So, again, 
I'd go back to Christian Horner's comments as like, where the hell is Toto Wolf getting this information? That's still a yeah. valid question. Uh, you know, there are ways that things can lean, but it seems his words, his phrasing at the time seems to suggest that they're going to be a majorly in breach. So, yeah, I would question some of that there. Uh, the obviously, obviously answer, I guess the obvious question is what comes next? Uh, not, not even in terms of punishment right now, it's just they need to define, they need to figure out what on earth is happening between their interpretation of their submission and what the FIA are going to be saying because there's going to be a lot of back and forth between the two uh, sides here on what is actually because I imagine whenever it happens like Red Bull are going to either protest or challenge the findings and I assume they're in this process at the moment so it's worth bearing in mind what action and this is probably what Red Bull are doing with the FIA what actually falls under the cost cap uh, there's a great piece that does is on that covers this on uh, motorsport.com that came out this week. Uh, this, this, look, this all was written about a long time ago, but this is, I guess, a refresher. Uh, it's from Richard Richard Asher on uh, motorsport.com. So what comes under the cost cap, F1 cost cap? So all parts on the car, from the steering wheel to the wheel nuts, all the elements needed to run the car, most of the team personnel, garage equipment, spares, transport costs, everything in between. What doesn't come under the F1 cost cap? Driver salaries, the wages of the three highest paid staff members, travel costs, marketing spend, property and legal costs, entry and license fees, any non-F1 or road activities, parental or sick leave payments, employee bonuses and staff medical benefits. Those last two, if you've, like, if you've had the unfortunate time of spending any time on F1 Twitter, those last two are the ones I see quite a bit around the place. And I imagine, yeah. look, there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense out there, or you know, or potentially nonsense. Again, it's hard to say at the moment because there's a lot we just there's just a lot we don't know. Like for instance, how how much Rebel actually exceeded because less than five percent is about what seven and a half million. Yeah, about that of the 140. I think it's 145 million dollars. Yeah, it's roughly around that. So. But those are the things that aren't and uh, are, are not covered under the the cost cap. So it's it's the interpretation of those, those things. And if if the rumors are true that you know Red Bull were a bit more uh, sly with the the suspensions and and payments and that kind of thing, then you know it we, we can't call like there the, the race did a video about this um, where they it was uh, Ben Anderson, Ed Straw, and Glenn Freeman. And one of the questions Glenn Freeman put to Ed Straw was, is Christian Horner a liar or are they lying? And Ed Straw said there's nothing to suggest at this stage that they are because, again, their understanding of the interpretation of the implementation of the cap is not maybe not is different to what the FIA are saying. So in their minds, they have they're not they haven't said anything that is suggestively false at this stage regarding the cost cap and their submission. Yeah. Which makes sense because on their side, why would you go saying you've done nothing, done something wrong, and then be found to have done something wrong? It's uh, if you believe you're right, then you believe you're right, don't you? Yeah, and look, the fact that they've they've come out and said multiple, like they said in Singapore, and they've released a statement. They're not just say, look contrary to popular belief uh, for people that don't like Red Bull. They're not just saying that to you know for shits and giggles. Like you don't you don't just you don't just come out this confident on record. And say this all have legal complications. Yeah, you know, so unless you're pretty sure about your submission, 
especially when the finding is already out at this stage. It's like, you know, like a guilty verdict is rendered like, I, just, I didn't do it. And it's like, well, <laughs> well, actually you did. Yeah, you did. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bad comparison, but anyways, so those, the FIA and Red Bull would go on back and forth on that. Um, I did find it hilarious. Um, apparently, Apparently food, I don't know if this is true or not, yes. apparently food is covered, is apparently covered under the F1 cost cap. Uh, Which is what F1 Twitter has been going nuts with. Yeah, um, and I saw a great, so I saw that on a separate tweet. I saw another great tweet, um, a reference like an article from somewhere back in 2020, where Christian Horner said that Max Verstappen is the hungriest driver he's ever worked with. <laughs> and the caption like it all makes sense now and it, it, you put man that's I, w- I want to believe the narrative that the reason Red Bull went over the cost gap was because Ma- of Max Verstappen's insatiable hunger and <laughs> just ate his way into the cost cap that would be funny wouldn't it oh that's just that's... All, all Max has been going to ham on the on the old on the old, all you can eat buffet yeah <laughs> and that's why they're over the submission uh, yeah. I much prefer it that's my favourite thing to come out of all this <laughs> yeah F1 Twitter can be good at times it can be very good uh, it's less good when it, when it comes to deciding what should happen next instead of a punishment now FIA has laid out stuff for this as well for a minor 5% breach uh, they can issue a reprimand <laughs> which is uh, oh God. less than useless. Imagine. Deduction of point uh, constructors' points and drivers' points, which the reporting is out there suggests that that is just not going to happen. So yeah. I'm sorry if you're expecting that, especially for a minor breach. Absolutely not. Not for the drivers. Constructors is a possibility. Constructors, I'm expecting. If, if, if any points is coming off, it's constructors. It's, it's it the constructors. The they, they will absolutely... I'm 99% confident they absolutely will not take drivers' points for a minor breach. That would be insane. Uh, so they could do that. They could do suspension of sessions for the team in breach. So they can uh, suspend Red Bull from a qualifying session, a practice session. I think practice session might be more damaging because you can get the setup right, for, uh, you know, uh, on the Fridays and, and the such and the Saturday and then qualifying comes and then, you you know, you can just maybe piss your way through the field. Whereas if you don't have a good understanding of the car heading into qualifying, when you're locked at the park for May, you're kind of on the back foot all weekend after that. Your race, you're completely, your weekend's completely compromised after that point. So maybe practice, could, you could argue, might be a more uh, fitting, uh, or maybe more, uh, I guess, disadvantageous session to miss than, say, qualifying. And you, and they mm. won't, and they can't, you can't do a race. So that's, that's not under the rules. You can't be suspended for a race. Uh, limitations, these are the ones we've been talking about the most, though, I think, originally, I think are the best punishments, or you can, you can argue best in the second tier. Uh, limitations to aerodynamic testing, reduction in aerodynamic testing, I think is a great punishment for that, and reduction in the cost cap for the following year. But my fear with reduction for cost cap is for the, for the subsequent years after is that you create a cycle where you, especially a team like Red Bull, where then you literally, because you've got a reduction in the cost cap, you then cannot get back under it. And then you become yeah. like a repeat offender and the site is maybe like a, a vicious cycle kind of begins. And then you've got built an excuse then for whatever team then. And it could be valid as well, to be fair, at the same point. But, uh, you know, you've got like, it, I think that that one could end up being, um, I guess, either exploited or extremely detrimental and through ways that aren't, you know, that in a way that you can't recover from that. Mm. Which to me just makes no sense to do that. Mm. It's it's just like I say, it's just a cycle. They'll keep going on. 
and then they'll just keep going away with it. So to me, it's just pointless. Yeah. So that one, I if you're a team like Alfa Romeo or Williams or something where you're you're you know maybe not even reaching the cap, then you know uh, you could you know. But if, if another team like that is, I feel I, I fear a cycle would be you just start a cycle where you just cannot get under the under the uh, under the cap. And the other the other one I want to mention about constructors points is they because I mentioned this on the races uh, in the races video as well. That even if you could, if even if you took two hundred points off of Ferrari, or sorry, Red Bull, they still wouldn't be behind Ferrari for twenty twenty one, which is obviously the year that the punishment would take place. Now you could argue the counter argument to that is you could set a good precedent in the future where two hundred like like two hundred points or more are taken off. You're losing like you know just because it didn't matter this year doesn't matter doesn't mean it won't matter next year again because the thing teams are concerned about is precedent like. No, mm. it's not. It's nothing to do with Red Bull versus Mercedes, like in, in one sense, like in, for the, this whole thing. This is about the cost cap in, implementation going forward. It's something Ferrari and Mattia Benotto but very, very vocal about. So you could say in the future where it, you you lose two hundred, three hundred points or whatever, and that may be the difference between sliding you from second to last or or whatever. My issue with this is then because of the whole uh, how this is a system that came in, I think, the other year where depending where you are in the standings, the more wind tunnel and CFD testing time you get, then you're giving, you know, yes, you lose a lot of the, you lose obviously prize money from the FIA by finishing lower in the championship. But now you're giving a top team potentially if it's if a top team is in breach that like a lot more cfd and wind tunnel time than i think that would how it would be how it would work you know I, and i fear that that could have a backwards effect as well it, it wouldn't work like that there'd be too much of a roll. they would get the same wind tunnel time for where they actually finished in the points standing before the the points deduction yeah surely ha- that, that they, would they, have, they, have to be the logical solution because otherwise you'd just be you'd, you'd be gaining for one and then losing for the other it, it makes no sense yeah you're absolutely right i think they'd have to write that in somehow if that isn't already written in um so look there's options that are available to the fia the one thing i want to i guess wanted to touch on as well with this uh because matiba not look they've been vocal about this all year about the cost cap implementation all this but also said that five okay look we're talking about a potential breach of you know up to seven and a half million dollars people also said that five million dollars could equal half a second now i i feel like this is very easy to get i think to get into rabbit hole here because i feel like because we've just lived an f1 era where the cost cap didn't exist and i think ferrari if it, it sounds so simple right you, you five million dollars you pour five million dollars into something you gain half a second if it were that simple, McLaren, Ferrari, Red Bull, it wouldn't have taken those teams this long to be back at the front. So I, yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that because I'm sure it's true in some sense. Oh, but it definitely is. The application of it is like we just spend more money and we just get unlimited performance time. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not correct. He's, he's right in basis of what he's saying. He could gain half a second. It probably would have been the better sentence to... Uh... The better word to use. Sorry. Yeah, I guess you Rather can't than just saying definitely going to gain half a second. I guess you like eventually you you can't just keep spending five million to gain half a second each time. I guess is more so. 
Yeah, otherwise Ferrari would have been two seconds up the road, but you know, all you know, the money they've spent this year has yeah. gone backwards. So, yeah, but you know. everyone would be, you know, everyone would be, if you've got money, you would be able to do that. Uh, there's a little money. <laughs> because we do money. Uh, ben Anderson also put the good the notion out there, because Hamilton suggested that a £300 upgrade, to, sorry, no, sorry, £300,000 upgrade could have made a difference. But he kind of meant this more in the second half of the season, and there was that this kind of you know depending on like two and a half like based on but he's like he said based on Bonotto's kind of uh quotes about the five million half a second thing if Red Bull are in breach by two and a half three million that that would only be worth about you know, if you take into account you know, a bit of embellishing that the gain for 2021 may have been like two hundredths of a second like that mean that made the difference and there was no real race in the second half of the season where the margins were that fine between the two teams. The only one he mentioned was potentially qualifying in Zandvoort. Mm. That's the main difference between that. And I think he's right because we can't... Look, Mercedes... Look, there was... There's a piece of race lines on there so that came out, I think, in the last year, beginning this year, that for the balance of the season, Mercedes very narrowly had the faster car. But because of what Red Bull's advantage was earlier in the season... Uh, Mercedes certainly had the better car for the second part of the season and yeah. it didn't like there's a few obviously look Red Bull didn't win all the races of course but generally speaking the, the, the Mercedes was the better car for the second half of the season certainly to end the final what six five six races oh definitely with uh, definitely. Max probably proving the difference at coach at that particular day uh, on race day so like you could argue that they didn't gain my point my overall point is they didn't like you could argue, depending on how much they actually spend, which we don't know, that they wouldn't have gained enough from it to make an, a proper, lasting, definitive advantage on the track. No, I, I don't think they would have, really. It would have been things that we wouldn't notice, really, to be honest. It's, it's all things we wouldn't really know and things we're never going to find out, really, where the one you spend, to be fair. So we can jump to conclusions and sort of try and predict what they did but I don't think we'll ever find out I think we will just because of how open teams have called for transparency on the issue now you could maybe, argue maybe. maybe we won't just because of that and Bonato is pessimistic about that potential side of things about the transparency and that kind of thing but I, w- I wouldn't be as definitive maybe as that uh, on, on that we, we may, maybe we might find out how much Red Bull breached maybe we could put more of a number on what the gain actually meant, whether it was, heck, whether it was just, you know, <laughs> maybe it had nothing to do with performance related, uh, you know, again, there's a lot more under the cost cap. It's primarily what it is under the cost cap, but there's a lot more under the cost cap than just stuff on the track. Yeah. Perez wanted uh, an advantage over Max, so they paid for him to go on driving lessons. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, so uh, there's, there's a lot, there was obviously a lot there to digest, but is there anything, uh, anything... Look, and we'll hear. Look, we'll hear more about. It. Like again, we'll hear more about it uh, mm. this coming weekend as well, because obviously the question will be pushed. There's not more. Yeah, um, not and, and not even that's not even from the FIA. That's just obviously just from teams convening together now that the official uh, release has come out. Of course, from the FIA. But I guess have you any other major, I guess, thoughts or opinions or anything in between, really, on this whole cost cap thing? So, I, I just saw this on Twitter. Toto Wolff has said, if if Red Bull don't have a suitable punishment, then Mercedes will go to the moon and just blow past the budget cap in the coming seasons. So basically he's saying 
he wants a drastic punishment for breaching the cost cap which yeah. i think is ludicrous yeah if, if he blows past it then why can't ferrari and other teams do it it's, it's, it's like i say precedent is key here mm-hmm. it's so so key and if they get it wrong both teams just ignore it and just carry on and just go past it so the- if Red will get a five thousand euro fine well I, i'd quite happily spend another 20 million to get a five thousand euro fine yeah, the difference, definitely. But I think the difference between that then is that become that's a lot more intentional about blowing past the ca- the yeah. cost cap, and the fact that they're under minor breach will help this in mm. many in many ways. The kind of if Wolf was to do the Mercedes were to do that, and they were in and they were in uh, they were in major breach then they don't have much of a leg to stand because the precedent is different all of a sudden. And the intention of which, if he's, if he's, got, if he's got a record that said that, that's going to be a huge factor in a potential punishment on that. And then he, but he can't then just throw tables and chairs when he gets the, the deduction. Uh, for a, Disqualification. Or even disqualification, yeah. that's right, in, in this in, in a, a instance for a major breach. It's a, it's an, I, I don't think in Red Bull and like, they may have, you, I don't, they may have calculated like who knows like we just don't know what is under the submission and what what parts of it are at play is it simply the salary thing is this you know there's a lot that it may be it may not we have nothing to do with the on-track performance so mm. i don't know like it would be a danger like this is why everyone's very interested in this because like, it obviously sets a precedent going forward but the fact that they're a minor breach uh you know, I think helps in that regard. If someone decides right next year, I'm just gonna we're just gonna feck past it. You know, we're just gonna like twenty, thirty million over because who cares? Red Bull got fine for their for their shit, so we'll be fine. Uh, I think oh. it's a very different situation. Be a very different situation then. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I honestly want a team to go majorly past it, and I want it to be Mercedes trying to fix this year's car. It would just be funny. It really would. Well, it will be interesting. They, I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't know it's like we wait a year for this, but like I will be very interested this time next year what the situation with this is because this the, the 22 cost cap because like I feel like we're going to talk it's about it later, same, right? but uh, I'm not sure about the. I think it's well. Remember they have, we had that thing earlier in the year about the inflation rises. Uh, so there is uh, yes, whatever would, the number it would was have been that. the same. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been the same, and then it starts decreasing in a few years' time, I believe. Mm. I don't know how that will work now, but yeah, it, it should have by right started decreasing in twenty five, I believe. Could be wrong. Well, originally it was one hundred sixty million dollars. Yeah, but uh, but like in terms of like how many major upgrades have Mercedes brought this year? Oh, and there's a fifth one coming, and there's one coming in in Kota. So I don't know, like yeah. I'm. You know, I'm interested. It'd be interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. This time, this time next year. Now, look, I mean, I mean, I mean, McLaren have had more than a few pretty major. Where they just basically bought like a new flipping half a car for a Singapore. So, and then you had the other end of the spectrum where you've got Haas who was bought one upgrade all season, yeah, and didn't even have it for both cars in the same race. No, <laughs> like what was it, like round 11, 12 at Hungary. Yeah. yeah, so and it didn't even work. So we'll see what <laughs> happens. Uh, but yeah, ex- like. Expected to still be a point of contention on Twitter, and just yeah, take it all with a with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, pay no attention to the Twitter accounts unless they're verified. Yeah, yeah, really. Because uh, the, the amount of speculation on it is unreal. So yeah, yeah look, take, take it all with a pinch of salt. There's a lot of misinformation out there, so I don't think it was a coincidence that remember we talked about this briefly a few weeks ago. I don't like it was Gazetto della Sport. I think what well, I think it was and uh, Amos. 
sorry, I've AMUS. Thank yeah. you. Thank you struggle you. with that one. I so really do. Uh, but I don't think it was coincidence that both of those are close to Mercedes and Ferrari, respectively. Those publications. I don't think it was any coincidence that though, like we heard what we heard from those sources, given the agendas of those two teams when it comes to this. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on, shall we? I want to talk about Haas. I want to talk about Haas, and I want to talk about their do driver. We, to? we do has to. I, well, we don't. No, actually, we don't has to. But I would like. I would like. No, I can't. I, I would like to because uh, over the week, I, more important kind of over the weekend came that uh, it's become kind of, you know it's be, that Giovinazzi is moving out of the equation for Haas and maybe more so for in line for a Williams seat. And that the major two, the major two players for the half seat are between Mick Schumacher and Nico Hulkenberg. It actually seems to be a little bit of traction this last week or so, based on reporting from the paddock in the pit lane on in, from the Japanese Grand Prix. That a little bit more traction that Mick may have more of a chance than we previously thought he might have uh, for this twenty three seat. But the other one, like the other driver, Nico Hulkenberg, is worth a discussion and. Because you could look at that situation and think, why? Why should we be giving Nico Hulkenberg another chance in F1 when Nico Hulkenberg has had plenty of time in F1? He's 35 years old. You look at Mick Schumacher. He's, what, 23? Yep. And has only had, let's be honest, one proper year of F1 with a functioning car, so to speak. Like, we were everyone. I mean, like, you know I mean, I mean they, they, they were decent towards the end of last season, to be fair. Uh, people, was they? um, I mean, they I were fine. The Williams is Graham, that's not decent, yeah. But you know, they were chilling at the back by themselves for half for three quarters of the season, they were, but a decent to me is in the midfield five, yeah. Fair, I, I, I mean, I meant decent for their standards for that for 2021, yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose. Um, Mick is 20, so Mick's 24 in March, but he's heading only heading to this third season. So, you think, why? Why should we give Hulkenberg a chance? And the race out, uh, with Ed Straw outlined a really good, uh, built a really good case for Hulkenberg. And I want to share that because I think there's proper, like, and it gives proper merit into why he is being discussed. And we're going to go through that. And a lot of it has to do with the team perspective because there's been this miss, I guess, misnotion that Haas is like a betting ground for rookie drivers or inexperienced yeah. drivers, or the sort, or bad drivers, for, like, let's, just, let's just put that out there, or something of the sort. And that's that's not true. It's very it's very completely the opposite, to be honest. It really is. Because for the, the first season, they had Grosjean and Espen Gutierrez. For the next four seasons, they had Magnussen and... Uh, they had Magnussen and Grosjean. And then finances, a need for finances, meant that they took Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher as rookies in... Tw- well, it wasn't Mick Schumacher, obviously had some Ferrari uh, credit built up as well from his F2 win. But they had to take on some drivers with significant financial backing. They had to do that. But Haas has always valued experience in their F1 programs. That much has always been clear. That has been evidenced. So it's natural that they want or they might look for an experienced driver if they're going to replace Mick Schumacher. Yeah. It would make it makes complete sense and it would I, I personally think it would steer the ship in the right direction. But carry on. 
And that's obviously the case where Nico Hulkenberg comes in. He is someone that is very experienced. Nine years uh, of F1 experience, I believe. 2010, not 2011, and then 2012 to 2019. Yeah. So a 181 fair... race starts. 181 starts. How many of those races do you think... Well, actually, you watched the video, but before you watched the video, how many of those races would you have thought Nico Hulkenberg scored points in? Oof. Well, like 30%. 30%? Yeah, 30% of the races. Considering the cars he was in at the times he was in, I would have said 30% would have been a fair Right, so if you, assumption. if you lay out his cars, there's 2010 Williams, which was a uh, 2011 Force I'm India, or, or sorry, sorry, 2012 Force India, which was pretty good, a decent car, pretty good car. Uh, 13 Sauber. Eh. I liked that car. It was, it was yeah, his moments at Korea, for example. Uh, the yeah P4 Korea that's right and then what a good force India let's say for three years two, two three years yeah uh, certainly two, yeah let's say 14 and 16 yeah. more so 16 is that was the best one a decent Renault in 17 mm-hmm. a pretty good I would say one Renault for 18 very good. And a lackadaisical Renault for 19 that got better mostly in the second part of the season. It was diabolical, the first six, seven awful. races. Their season like we, their season began after Monaco that year. Like It was that, it was, yeah. it was that bad. So, you know, and he had a few... I'm not going to count his, uh, his, his, his subsistence in a very good racing point and a very poor Aston Martin. So you, you thought 30%? Yeah, I would have said that would have been a fair assumption. Yeah. Consider him. He has scored points in 97 out of 181 races, which I found which, staggering. Which is 53.59%. Yeah, 53.59%. If you want to round it up, That's it's 54%. Which is ridiculous, considering some of the machinery. Some of it was good. I'd say it was like a, a 60-40 split yeah. in terms of the cars being good and bad. Yeah, he's had, he's had pretty decent cars. Like he's not had especially... Like he's not had McLaren Hondas, for example. He's not had especially poor cars. No, he's had cars that have been fifth, roughly. Yeah, on average, I would say fifth, sixth, and a fourth for 2016. But like, I find that staggering. Like how often he so like has clearly value experience and consistency. And Hulkenberg brings both, and you could make a case against of why that wouldn't be good for Schumacher because he hasn't been consistent really in this year in a, in his F1 in his F1 year. Definitely not. Definitely not. He's he's had his ups and then he's had his. These low points. There's been a lot more low points than there has been ups. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Is some of it is completely out of his hands, um, due to the car being either poor pace wise or the engines blowing up, or because Ferrari can't have a, a functioning engine mm. for some reason, or poor pit stuff like in Zanfor, for example. Like I definitely think he's like look like we talked about like his second part of the season. I think he's been better than Magnussen, but he's just been. Yeah, he's been. He's had things taken away from him. He's had things go against. Yeah, he's had some things go against him for sure. Uh, but that's the, the the. It's also true that he hasn't made the most of the car either when it was, when it was as it was it as good as it was earlier in the season. Yeah, so that, the, the 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 point there uh, they needed to do early on in the season was get as many points as possible and do what Alfa Romeo had done. Yeah, exactly. Basically, the fifty nine points or whatever it was they scored in the first half compared to the one point they scored. In the last nine races, says it all. Mm-hmm. And the thing that everyone wants to throw in Hulkenberg's face when it comes to this thing is, look, at, like the age thirty-five is a is a fair thing to point throughout the throw as a counter argument. That's fair. 
Yeah. What isn't, I think, fair in this context is the podium thing. Because yeah. that does not matter anymore with Haas. That that is that does not matter. No. They haven't scored a podium in F one, so why would it matter him not having a podium? Yeah. It's I I personally think it would make a great story. If they if Hulkenberg finally got a podium in F one and Haas got their first. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be fantastic. That'd be great. Be a great marriage. Um the other thing that was that Estra made a very good point of is that he hasn't really had... He's had chance. Let's just say he's had chances to get a podium, but he hasn't had the car to get a podium. So only... F- mm. Go on. I was going to say, only four times has Hulkenberg's teammate scored a podium in his career. All of them being Perez. All of them being Sergio Perez, all of them coming between 2014 and 2016. And Ed Straw made the caveat that in 2016 at Monaco, one of the races where Perez scored a podium, had the team not botched itself, essentially, he would have had a podium that day. Yeah, he was in front of Perez in that yeah. race. And look, he's, look, he's, he has, look, he has missed chances, like uh, Brazil 2012, which I think people hold against him for far too long. Like, it was a mistake he made 10 years ago. Like... Are we yeah. o- are we over this? Like, I don't he made know. a mistake. He was in his second year of the sport. Yeah, come on, in a place I mean, he had never been before. Yeah, he, he, he can't hold him against that. People like Max Lando, Charles have all made much bigger mistakes. I certainly personally think. And obviously, the major noble one was Germany twenty nineteen, which you could make a case where that was pretty. That was that that was much. I think in retrospect that, that was, was much the more, more damaging. One. That was yeah. much more that, damaging. Yeah, that one was the like right. This could be so fitting here, home, hmm. home podium, and then yeah, it sticks it on the drag strip and into the wall. Yeah. As a few of us did. So. Plenty of people did, like including Charlie, Charlie Leclerc. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But the thing is, like, it he's had he's had chances, but not like, but not the car. So, so I that notion of he, like, him not scoring a podium in 181 races, I I think it's completely an irrelevant argument as to why he shouldn't should or shouldn't be considered for this Haas seat. Uh, so, I don't know, like, what well, Ezra seemed to put across in that video is that the biggest question mark that Haas have is more so his commitment to mm. the whole thing, which I thought was interesting, to say the least. I also thought it was very, I actually didn't realise this. He had an IndyCar test last year with McLaren Shadow. Or not. <laughs> I got, sorry, I got eSports. Arrows on my, McLaren. Arrows McLaren. McLaren SP, so I got eSports on my mind uh, from this week. Wow. Yeah. We can, we can talk about that. Do we need to? No. Uh, hmm. But like apparently he had a pretty good test, <clears throat> a good test, excuse me, with uh, McLaren SP, which you think he could have had a race seat maybe this, this for this this next coming year. But anyways, that's a, a different no, not, side. not even just with McLaren, he could have been with anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he hasn't done anything else. I know he's had the F1 reserve roles, but just like doing the occasional race here and there, mm. he's not, he's not even not even done like a WEC or anything like that. Bearing in mind, like in 2015, I thought. Hmm, maybe he goes and does something like that, or Formula E with Audi, or you know what I mean. Something I, I would have thought a caliber, the the caliber of driver that he is, he would have like ended up somewhere else racing. Mm. Well, he did mention a, I guess he did reference a a burnout of sorts when he came to his original F one career end in twenty nineteen. Yeah, which which makes sense. Take a year off or whatever. Fair enough. Mm. Look, he but did, he's he a racing car. driver. Yeah, he's he's a racing driver at the end of the day. There will always be yeah. that that hunger to to do more. And I'm sure 
he feels he has unfinished business because mm. I feel he does. Right. Like, I wouldn't call his exit like egregiously unceremonious, like say Ocon initially in 2018. But yeah. it was it was harsh. Like it, you know, it, it was one that was that you know it was 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 difficult for some people because it, like he was a oh, look. He looked down the grid. There's plenty of worse drivers around than Hulkenberg. But given just what happened and what, and they're desperate for that Ocon thing to become a thing. Did Renault, you know, and they wanted him with, with Ricardo, and it just yeah, it was just unfortunate the way it worked out. But it it did feel like there was some some unfinished business. So that you know he could come back and. Having having seen that, having listened to that, having had some of the case, I guess, facts or whatever put to you, how do you feel about Nico Hulkenberg's case to return to F1? I, I'm In personally this for it. I'm personally for it. Now, if it means Schumacher loses out, I'm against it. Just because I'm, it's just me and I like Mick. But if I'm a neutral... And I'm looking at it from a business point of view. The driver that makes the most sense to me is is Nico, right? Hmm. I definitely think if it was any other team, I would, I would, I'd be leaning otherwise. But given just the things that has value, the things that they need, Hulkenberg just brings more of that, and I just think he would. Uh, he, I think you know, given if he was at his, uh, his you know, at, I don't want to say his peak, but just at his, you know his normal his normal power so to speak i certainly think he would have done a better job than what mick has done this season definitely i i think he would have got at least triple the points mick has which I, is which is a fair like when, and that is the difference between finishing ninth and finishing even sixth if you're you know if, if you put triple if you're in that midfield there, you know? yeah if you're in that midfield every point matters like we we've seen how close it is and we've referenced over and over again, we've done winners and losers after the races. That'll close that that battle from what sixth down to what eighth mm. is, even ninth. It's it's ridiculously close. So any points means worlds and means dollars, which has clearly need. As yeah, that was my next question. How how much do you think a difference G, it would make to Gene Haas, who apparently has the final decision on this? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, which uh, is what makes me think. Which is Mick bad is news done. for Mick. Yeah. This this means, to me, Mick has got a very little chance. A, the fact that Nico is also German, so it pleases one of Haas's main sponsors in one and one which is the sponsor name, by the way. Um, the blue square on so, the back of their overalls. Yeah, yeah. Also sponsors like Dortmund and stuff like that. Great, I love them. Um, so they don't have to worry about that. And the fact that, like we've said, the consistency... The experience which Gene has always looked for, from what I've read, it it just sits and lines up really nicely. And I think, I think it would do a world of good for both, all three parties, really, if they if they were to move on. And Hulkenberg joins us, and then Mick takes a seat at Williams for a year. I think that suits everybody. Right. Even moving on to that, there was a, there was a quote this week that from Williams that. You know, they they want a driver that will help push Albon along. Mick, in would, theory, would do that. I think I think Hulkenberg would do that. I, I still don't understand why he's not on their list. I really don't. Mm. While we just, even just for a year, if if you're not taking Logan and giving him another year 
in F2 to see what he can do in the second season, why would you not? Why, instead of putting a young guy in there, put a guy in there that can build the car up so it's ready and the platform is there to help push Albon on, who will be the clear team leader, and do basically what Bottas does for Alfa Romeo, what Kimi did for Alfa Romeo, mm-hmm. be that guy that can be depended on to do the consistency levels that they need because that's what they haven't had in the second car. Yeah, absolutely. I do think having heard that case and having heard, you know, like things like Gene Haas makes a decision, um, you know, you've got things, the things that Haas value, like consistency and uh, the experience, uh, just all those things. I just think, yeah. And look, you leave, it's dumb. yeah, you can look even like, heck, like to even add, to take further credence away from the whole, that whole podium stash, like the only team that he did that of Hulkenberg that did that was Perez. Where is Sergio Perez right now? In the best team. You know he's he's won two races this year. He's second in the championship at the moment. You know, uh, pretty yeah. pretty good. Uh, you know, that was a pretty good pretty good driver there uh, when he, they, those two were together in uh, in in Force India. So yeah, he's probably the best driver lineup on the grid at one point. I I really liked those two. I really did. Yeah, I did as well. It was, it was a very good lineup, uh, and I understand why Hulkenberg moved away. Yeah, yeah, so do I. And give him the impending takeover. It would have been like, yeah, you give it. And not, it wasn't impending. Like obviously, the time like wasn't like Lawrence Stroll wasn't coming for them in 2014. But you know, given subsequently the team was took taken over. Oh, just over a, what a year and a bit later in 18 when Hulkenberg started in 17. Yeah, <laughs> we've lost that one either way, but. Yeah, I do think that's like it. It might go that way, and I do think that is slightly harsh for Mick Schumacher. But yeah, so do I. Like, and I'm not as big a fan of Mick as you are, but I still think it's harsh that he's been given this one season essentially. Um, when it's all boiled down to actual like meaningful point scoring running, essentially. Uh, at the same time, it's hard to defend some of his inconsistencies at times. But even still, I, I, you know, I, I would have given them a, I, like. Look, Sonoda's about to get year three here. Um, yeah. And he's not really done anything much more than what Mick has. You know, and he's had a better car. Exactly. Like he's like Sonoda's been had a better car from day one. Um, you could basically call like last season a write off for Mick in terms of competitive showing because like pace didn't really matter in 2021 mm. like, like just relative unless it was relative to Mazepin which you know he had hands down he was, was quicker there like it, it just didn't matter because they were just nowhere and it was just basically like understanding the car and procedures and that, all that kind of thing like it did matter this year and he's just but like I guess look it's a as I guess as we showed with like, Nico Hulkenberg as a highlight example it's a harsh business it is it is it's always been like that yeah so yeah, I thought I thought that was a really interesting something that we could help fill time with on this, uh, uh, with, with not much else happening I suppose else, elsewhere. So we're both to to just finish this off. So we're both in the same boat, unless Mick does something spectacular in these final four races. I'm not expecting a decision till after Abu Dhabi. By the way, mm-hmm. I think Mick gets the at least the the chance to show what he can do in the final four. They might as well now. It's what a month. It's it's not. No, it's not worth making the decision that early. We both think that Nico gets the seat. 
I'm leaning towards yes, unless I'm eighty twenty. Yeah, I, I think I would go. I go a little bit further. I would go maybe sixty-five, thirty-five. I still think there's a chance for Mick to save his seat. I I don't think it's as definitive or it's all said and done as eighty twenty. I think he does still have a chance. I think it's everything I've heard is just I felt it's just it invigorated that belief that he could possibly still be there whereas last week i would have said no absolutely not yeah this week has been a big shift in terms of his f1 future because even juiced has said that he's interested in him so yeah it's not all over just yet not not just yes and that williams one is arguably just as confusing now as it was before because with giovanassi apparently is in the mix for that as well so (sighs) uh, they shouldn't they just shouldn't I, I know so put a driver in there that can push Albon forward, but Giovinazzi is not that guy. Giovinazzi is even not though, that guy. Even though he is my guy. <laughs> uh, shall we move on then to a preview of the US F1 Grand Prix? Sports final event. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, this week, it's going to be a weird one because this week, the weekend is going to start with a bunch of, uh, like, look, to, to we'll obviously know who these drivers are, but to a lot of people, it's just going to be who? Yeah. So eh? Eh? yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, we've seen it, we've seen it often this season with other teams, but a lot of teams choosing to get it done now. Mandate for this year, you've got to run a young, a quote young driver or a driver that's not currently in a car of sorts for two FP1 sessions in the year. And we've seen well, well famously Nick DeVries has like been in three different cars as a result of this. Yeah. Um, he's been in the Mercedes, he's been in the Aston Martin, and he's been in the Williams uh, for different reasons. Uh, so, but a lot of teams have waited on this to do it, and most of them are doing it. The rest of them, who ha- haven't done it yet, are doing it here in Cota. And the ones that are, we know are doing it in Cota, and I imagine this won't change now because we're, no, we're week of. They are Robert Schwartz. We don't know who they're replacing. I'm not sure, but like we know the drivers who are certainly in. I'm not sure who's out. I would assume. Uh, he's in for science, but uh, Robert Schwartzman for Ferrari is is beginning Ferrari's two outings here, so he'll be an FB1 in USA. Uh, McLaren announced during the week that who's taking a first actually? Pelot's got USA. Pelot, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, that makes much more sense. Pelot, Alex Pelot, uh, who of course is part of the McLaren program there, and obviously trying to finish, get to McLaren SP for the IndyCar. He's taking FP1 in the US as well. We known, and you called this very, very early on, uh, Logan Sargent is taking FP1 here for Williams. Uh, I'm missing someone. There's a few. There's at least one yeah. more. Um, <laughs> I have I've completely blanked. I've, I've blanked on it too. I'll try and find it. Uh, but we know certainly you know, Schwartzman, Pelot, and Sargent are certainly among them. Uh, are but- they among us though? Are they among us? Well, I mean, oh, Teo, Teo. Thank you. Sorry. Yes, Alfa Romeo and Teo Porcher are also uh, going out in FP1. I would say these are significant. These are these are significant sessions for Polo versus uh, Award. I would say in some ways, mm-hmm. um, it's these are always hard to judge because they're, it, we don't know what program they're running, what fuel and such they you know they're doing. But I still think it's these are important ones for those two, just just for their F one stock, not even not next year, of course, but just for the year after, or just years after. Uh, I would say this is a big one for a poor chair. I think. Yeah, I think this is big for Huge. poor chair. Big for Schwarzman, I think as well. I think it's big for Schwarzman, depending if they what the program they run him on. Mm. 
you know I, I think it was it's big from that point of view and Matiba and I should spend a bit more time bigging up Schwartzman than talking about cost cap this weekend oh yeah 100% the spotlight should be on Schwartzman yeah he 100%. Needs, needs, needs to do more of that and we know in future uh, future events we know that um, Djokovic is doing at least Abu Dhabi for FP1 Central for Aston Martin uh, I assume Brazil uh, yeah why 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 is that not announced Wait, no, he only has to do Abu Dhabi. They've already run the freeze. Oh, they've run the freeze, of course. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah he's doing Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's which makes sense because of the postseason test. Yeah, it does yeah. make sense. I don't know. I, I still would have done Brazil, though, just for that. Yeah, with the same with regards to Pato and Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, because Pato's doing Abu Dhabi and not Mexico, which is, again, bizarre. But Yeah, um, it makes sense for the postseason stuff, I guess. Yeah, from that point of view, at least. And we know Pietro Fittipaldi is doing the two for Haas in uh brazil and uh I'm, I'm guessing abu dhabi i guess i mean abu dhabi but i would have liked to have seen um someone else do at least one of them i.e maybe maybe calamai a lot but you know <laughs> <laughs> but the point is like between this this weekend and abu dhabi fp ones are gonna be the most mad just because they just gonna have a lot of uh, rookies, novices on the track that have never, like, never not been given a proper go around an F1 car. So let's looking forward to that. That should be fun to watch. It'd be nice to see some different names in the cars, even just for a session. Yeah, it will be. I'm not going to be able to watch that, which is irritating. But mm. actually, stand corrected. Depending on what time it's at, let me get my app out. Yeah, well, app while out. you do that, I should mention that this is our, like I can tell you definitively that <gasps> it'll be a month. Yeah. Uh, It'll be a Monday podcast next uh, next yes. week, just because the race starts at like eight yes. or ten. FP one <laughs> is also at eight, so yay, yay! I can watch it. Um, another interesting note to take from the McLaren stuff is that it also is also indicative of Alpine's refusal to release Piastri early. Yeah, I was I was going to say piastri sort of gets screwed over here because he's gone from possibly getting two fp1 sessions to getting zilch yeah now look i know alpine no they've no just because they like they stood him down from his like his duties uh, alpine they've they've no obligation to let him go early but yeah you can look you can tell the salt is still still prevalent it's still there it's still there they haven't done theirs either yet have they alpine hmm um don't, don't, don't think they have because obviously it wasn't no, meant to be they haven't. no you're right so I assume Doom will be announced tomorrow and then he's doing Austin and uh, Abu Dhabi yeah we could, that would make we could still get sense. and yeah we could still get that tomorrow uh, yeah. on Monday as well this is where Victor Martins gets chucked in instead <laughs> that would be the ultimate Alpine thing to do <laughs> no in fact like Chow Collette they, yeah, um, no, they get someone else's uh, someone else's junior to do it yeah. No, just get Ollie Colbert. Get Frederick Vestey in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Mercedes didn't do that. Ah, too soon for that. Especially with their stuff for DeVries. Maybe next year. Mm. They had DeVries, they had DeVries around. Yeah. I, I, he's, you know, actually, he's actually got to show up. Don't Mercedes do one more, actually, now that I think about it? No. Wait. Mean? No, DeVries has done France and Barcelona. Oh, he did France. You're right. Thank you. He did, I forgot he did It's a good France. job you've got me around, isn't it? I know, because right? Well, you, would have, is... you would have nothing. You're good for, you're good for something, eh? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's easy, please. So FB1... Oh, this game's still nil-nil. I... What are you talking about? 
What do you mean it's still oh, nil nil? It, it, it just dead. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also you're watching it live. I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say like that, that didn't just happen. That just it's been several minutes. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously everyone's been a bit of madness. Uh, we know Mercedes are bringing their final upgrade for this uh, aero upgrade for Austin. Now this is I think this is less to do with performance this year as to start getting a look into next year because yeah. they um the technical director Mike Elias uh, said they identified the key mistake that they made in development of the car they were still hurting its performance which they couldn't remedy because they only spotted it at Baku because the porpoising clouded it mm. is what they said so but but look you could you could so there's this is basically like maybe, maybe it's a side philosophy or something or Whatever the case is, uh, it may not res- just because it bring a major upgrade. It may not result in outright pace, more so than just trying to get a look in for a philosophy for next year. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's that for them. So I'm I'm curious to see what it does in just in the in the in the weekend itself. But if it does make a massive difference, it does it bring them closer. I do think they've got to be a little bit more worried, like, depending on how well it works slash if it works. They may need to be a little bit more, more worried about Alpine and qualifying than Ferrari and Red Bull, based on what we saw in the dry qualifying in uh, Suzuka. Yeah, they do. So, I, th- I'm looking forward to that at least because yeah, the Alpine yeah, looked on it. They're on their ass. They're going to be on their ass. Mm. You mean Mercedes? Oh, Alpine are going. Oh, be Alpine. On their sorry, ass. they're not. Especially... Sorry, Mercedes aren't sitting on their ass, but Alpine are on them. Yeah, but especially if the big straight, right? Yes, he's going to be screwed. Yeah, and a bumpy ass straight too, which is going to be we 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 circled this race as an interesting one that might have, might have interest at the beginning of the season. Now we didn't know there was a directive would come in to uh, squash that, but I'm still yeah. excited to see what this track it does to this generation of cars. I'm expecting some breakages. We should right some big some big bills being paid by circuit of the Americas to the F1 teams. Unless, unless it's been resurfaced in the bad areas, which I don't believe it has. I don't think it has. Certainly we haven't we been... We would have known. Yeah, certainly that's the thing. We haven't been, We would have heard something, I think. It uh, wasn't when it was MotoGP earlier on in the year. It looked the same. Do you remember even Maybe. last year, this track like cracked Alonso's rear wing? Yeah, it, I'd say the, the MotoGP bikes were struggling because obviously they've only got two wheels and going through the S's, they, they couldn't... They couldn't live with it. Mm. They, had to, they had to take it a lot slower than what they normally would. So obviously, uh, the uh, Max Verstappen comes in now as a two-time champion, and mm, one time. <laughs> yeah, if you look at you, you look at too much Twitter, son. Uh, nope. And so obviously, as the pressure of that off is back, but I don't really expect we'll see pressure? a different. I don't think we'll expect to see a different Verstappen, to be honest. Did you just say pressure on Verstappen's back? What championship have you been watching? <laughs> well, just just to get done, you know. I, I, I know, I know what you mean. But yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to worry about you know getting it done anymore. But yeah, I don't, he doesn't. I, I don't think we'll see a, uh, an ease and approach. Um, maybe in terms of his, his comments beforehand, but once he gets in the car, I think uh, I think not much will really change. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'm interested to see the if we get more Perez versus Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also expecting engine penalties here, so we have seen a bunch of that here. in the past. You can overtake here, so if anyone's got somewhere to take to take them in mm. preparation for Brazil and Mexico, which are very good tracks to well, I say that. Mexico's bad in terms of engine life because of it 
was the altitude, altitude yeah and brazil was the power circuit so yeah yeah alpine alluded that maybe they might have to after the singapore retirements so i guess if there was a place maybe it could be here but it's tough man it's a t it's tough time this season for them to do it because of not even like the mclaren stuff obviously is still prevalent where they're only like 12 points ahead but like they could be really close to mercedes and they're closer now you know, than they have been for most of the season they were close-ish at the beginning but they're certainly closer now than before and it seems such a shame to have to throw them so far back but you know i guess that's just part of part and parcel of it yep so it is a good point you bring up though i think we probably will see some engine penalties for some uh, maybe not as many because it's just a no. I think unlike like I feel I don't know if it's my imagination, but just a lot more teams and drivers decide to get theirs done in Italy and uh, Belgium this year. Thank God. Um, now Belgium, we we kind of always expect quite a few, but between the two, between the both, you know, both uh, Monza and Spa, we saw a lot of the big players take them. So I expect probably we're maybe like we don't see a Ferrari or Science or Leclerc one, especially so we haven't seen any subsequent failures failures since. Yeah, no, everything seems to be okay unless your name's Alfa Romeo. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know, like, what, what, what are your expectations on Ferrari this weekend? In, in... Nothing. Well, yeah, I have I, no yeah. expectations. <laughs> we are not going to win. This is the way we get we get a victory. Uh, I don't think they'll be doing well around here, to be honest. The, the straight is too much. I think they'll, they've got no chance against the Red Bulls. It is well, a long straight. Anyway. Yeah. And so, we've seen tires as well here be a factor, yeah, which doesn't yeah. bode so, well for them they, either. Well, well, and not only bodes, just bodes better for Red Bull, who are just very good yeah, at this. Yeah, ever since the mandate, Ferrari's tire wear has been awful. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that, Mercedes. Good one. And look, there's a piece there. We we talked about the piece last week that covered that. The uh, on the race.com. If you want to know where he's getting that from, that's that's where it was. It was. It's been. It's already been, it's already been making everything stiffer. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Mercedes. Yeah, again, I'm. I feel bad for Ferrari, but I, I just, yeah, Red Bull deserved to benefit because they didn't want it. I mean, they were the only one, pretty much, vehemently against it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not upset because I'm not upset, but at the same time, I am upset. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know <laughs> what you mean. I think it could be 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 weekend for science, just you know, just obviously just to get just get some momentum back. Because he's meant to me, his hat is just all slipped away, and I don't want to say he's. I'm not going to say he's driving worse than he was at the start of the season, but it's just not there. It's just, it? I just, you know, you 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 made the good case earlier in the year about how he got better as the season went on last year as well. Like it's this thing that he does, and at this time of the year, he should be, you know, he should he in theory he should have been right there with Clerk, and in terms of like you know his comfortability and these kinds of things and. I just he's further away than you know it's I just yeah I just wish we were seeing a better science than like the one the break you know the science of breakthrough we saw in Canada and Italy and uh, Silverstone to an extent as well yeah yeah so do I but hmm, I think I think he's checked out to be honest but yeah I'm not surprised because I, I think every, there's nothing to fight for anymore so yeah yeah, well, they still. Have, I mean, he still has places to fight for in the standings, even if second, <laughs> you know, second place has got away from. Hey, man, you want to be in that third place? You want to go to the FIA gala, man? Do you? Yes, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Are you Lewis Hamilton? Yes. It's going to be hashtag actually boycott. 
Braves 22. Now that I think about it, it's going to be the first time he's not at that event for reasons other than not deciding not to turn up since 2000. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, is it even 2013? Hold on, let me let me pull this up because I think so. top three, uh, obviously top three go, and he's been obviously he's book champion in 14, 15, 17, 18, 19, 20, and he's been top two for 2016 and 20, uh, uh, 2021. Uh, no, he was fourth in 2013. Oh, yeah. So, so that's since 2013. Yeah. Um, again, that he didn't finish inside the top three, of course. Lol, lol, lol. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but there's still a chance, yeah. Uh, true, true. There is still a chance. But he's a massive amount of points back. He needs to win races. Yeah, these these last uh, two races oh. have been really damaging. In for like the guys, not people not named Leclerc and Sainz for the battle for P2. Because yeah. they've all they finished like first and second, essentially, uh, or third. And either everyone else has either retired or been very like I had the points or very low in the points um, in Japan and Singapore. So yeah, not not good from that perspective. What else though? What else are you looking forward to seeing on the uh, the US GP weekend? Uh, the celebs. Mm. <laughs> just because they will. There's them sort of celebrities that turn up. I have no idea what they're watching and just pretend to, to like it. <laughs> and celebrate when someone crashes out. Yeah, do you think we'll see any of the it. dramatics? Uh, like we have a big man Shaq, uh, you know, come down the pit lane in a low rider with the trophy. Uh, of course we will. Of course we will. <laughs> it's America and F one. Of course it's going to be over, 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 over the top. <laughs> I'm excited to see what it is. I'm excited to talk about next week about what that what that over the top thing is this year. Do you remember when, like the, one of the first things Liberty did was the red carpet? Yeah, I saw the video of that the other day. Oh God! Small, like it's, it's hard watching that and looking at Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, uh, I know it's only five years, but it's been a year since he did the blooming running there in the car in the NASCAR. That's right. That's mad. Uh, That's mad. I'm looking forward to seeing Aston Martin and if they're mm. going to kick on. Sorry. I'm. I'm. Look, I have. Re- I have. Look, I have a rooting interest in Aston Martin. That I know Fernando Alonso is part of that outfit next year. I, Alonso's yeah, involved. I would be part interested. Of that outfit, Graham, in your F1 manager save. So. Oh yeah, I absolutely had to get him in immediately. So did I. So did I. Uh, I gave up on it, but you know, <laughs> he man, man performs, man, and that's what he does. He performs. So, um, but I am interested in Aston Martin just because you like, they're. Uh, you, are they are they a manufacturer? Can we call them a manufacturer? Yes, of course, they're a manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. So you've, so you've five now. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean you're technically Red Bull. I mean, they're not a manufacturer. No, they're um, not a manufacturer. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. they are. They are worth talking about at least. And they are. Look, they are. No, no. They have been there. They haven't had. They've had good form of late. Yeah. Some of it's been circumstantial. So I want to see if this if this weekend if it if it if there's more to that if they're the performance is genuinely there, or if it has been just a case of circumstance getting them into those positions. Qualifying will be key. They don't they don't qualify particularly well, usually. No, really don't. So I want to see that improve. Uh, I'm, I mean, we might get a better view of Alfa Romeo's front wing upgrade from Japan. Maybe that might help them back into the fray a little bit. Again, circumstance probably may have prevented them from doing something against uh against uh you know in in singapore or not singapore in japan obviously certain you know conditions and the such uh so we don't have a proper sense of maybe that where that car is at fully now with that upgrade that mm. botas said last week was working pretty as expected and working well 
Yeah. It's a bit too late, though, isn't it? But sort of saying that, they're also pretty secure where they are, I think. Yeah, look, if it's not P6, it'll be P7. And that's that's, yeah. a, that's a big improvement from... Look, they, look, they'd be disappointed to lose P6. They had it for most of the year. These last few races have been particularly damaging. Like, like there's a stat you sent me during the week that Aston Martin has scored more points in the last two races than Mercedes. Yeah, which is embarrassing, you know. And but like, which yeah, for Mercedes isn't great, especially what they're you know they're we thought there was maybe some of their better tracks, especially Singapore. But also like that's almost double Aston, what Aston Martin had for the whole season essentially, and they've got that almost two races. It just shows you to show that that you know for me a worse secure, but two races later and it's a very different story yeah uh what about mclaren then what do we, what do we think about mclaren their hunt for fourth place uh i actually don't know because that is hard to judge where they are in yeah terms of one race they're on it the next race they're just nowhere and then the next race they're on it again so i don't think it'll sue them but now i've said that they're gonna they're gonna win <laughs> it would just be a daniel ricardo thing to do wouldn't it just turn up, win. He actually looked more on it in Japan, so yeah, never know. And, yeah, and look, they're probably close. And look, Singapore. He didn't have the upgrade like Norris had. Yeah, so first, hopefully, dry race. He gets it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, like in qualifying, he seems to suggest that uh, Alpine had a much bigger edge over McLaren in terms of pace because we could weren't really sure because you know Alpine had a stinker in uh, Singapore and McLaren. Uh, you know, obviously they would in wet conditions as well for Japan. So we didn't even get to really property race pace comparison, but uh, mm. I, yeah, it might be close. But it's qualifying from last week in the dry suggested that it may be leaning in Alpine's favour. Yeah, definitely. But I'm still definitely. interested to see because heck, I just I I remember like we got a cracker of a battle uh, last year for between McLaren and Ferrari. Uh, at the that was that was good fun. It so, was one of the better battles. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we may see hopefully see that see some of that this year from Alpine and uh, and uh, McLaren hopefully because uh, now that now that look the championship is over for a while obviously but uh, yeah now it's officially over I want to see some uh, I guess look midfield the action never goes amiss with me love it even if I the, want Red Bull to do last to first even if the TV directors just decide to show uh, nothing at the front because yeah, yeah. that's they want Why not? to do uh, anything else you looking at in particular I don't have any other massive thoughts on the likes of uh, like Williams or don't care Williams don't care house yeah or Alpha Tari really just don't screw him Mick yeah yeah give Mick don't. a fair shot you know probably at least. they'll probably probably retire him so yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to mention on this race at all or do you just want to move into our predictions predictions I think I think we've pretty much summed it up there yeah uh, I'm not going to overthink this I'm going to go for a Red Bull 1-2 and we're stopping first and I'm going to go for a Charlie Leclerc P3. Do you know what actually, that was the first, like Japan was the first time the top three have actually shared the top three of the podium. First time yeah. this season that Leclerc, Sainz, or sorry, Leclerc, Perez, and uh, Verstappen have all shared the podium this season. Isn't no, that... that's not surprising because Ferrari is shite. So, yeah, I thought that was mad Yeah. So, I'll go with them and I'll stick a cheeky Alonso on fourth. And uh, I'll stick Hamilton in fifth. Or sorry, science Alonso. Yeah, but that assumes, of course, 
That, that, in fact, mine's exactly the same. <laughs> that assumes, of course, that we don't get the usual retirements for our Ferrari, or we haven't seen one for Red Bull, to be fair, for quite a while. Yeah, probably due one, to be fair. I think we are due a retirement from like a, a Mercedes reliability thing, or a Ferrari, or a uh, Red Max Bull. Max is due a retirement, I think. When was Max's last reliability retirement? Australia. Oh, yeah. Before that? Like, not counting Bahrain as well. Uh, you can't go back to it. Is it 2020. Is it Austria 2020? Yep. And the, like, like, take this as a pinch of salt. Like, I'm just, I'm just going off the top of our heads here. But that's still... I genuinely can't remember a, a reliability yeah. retirement for Verstappen in a... Like, that wasn't earlier it wasn't this year. It wasn't one in 2021. Yeah. It was just... Because all the races, the, the races he dumped were reasons out of his hand in terms of car and tyres. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's, let's just put it down to incidents, shall we say. It's just an incident. Perez is how he had a bit more misfortune in that side of things than we Ferrari's. I don't yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> it is totally not rigged. So you have the same top five then? Same order? I, have, I was going to say, yeah, exactly the same top order. <laughs> I, I, I have Alonso sneaking in in front of, of Lewis and then running down and just suing in front of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as you know, Alonso would. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely so, would sue me. Is there anything else you'd like to add on the US Grand Prix or indeed anything else for the World of Motorsport before we... Uh, I, I would like to ask your opinion yes. on who out of the two is winning the F1 Esports. Because there is only two, let's be real. Oh. Because we've both been watching it. Well, how many rounds are how many rounds are left of esports? I've actually really enjoyed two... watching it this year. This, 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 so, year so this form of this year has been much better with the, uh, the three events for the three days. Uh, yeah, way better. Fifty percent races. Fifty percent race is a big improvement as well. Big, big. Just sort fucking audio glitch. Fuck. Oh, it's so embarrassing, isn't it? It's so, it's so embarrassing. The fact that they have to correct it. <laughs> also, I love the fact that they was giving out um, five second penalties for exiting the pits. Yeah, they all got removed. Even though, even though they 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 don't have to do the pit exit line because the stewards got fed up of everybody reporting it, so yeah. they just removed it. <laughs> By the way, big ups to Barry Boromont. Um, we've both actually raced with Barry Boromont in the past. Yes, it is very, very strange um, that we raced with him. I have remembered him overtaking me a couple of times in in, in league racing. Um, um, for, I remember. For, uh, yeah, I remember specifically in Canada, I remember doing a league race with him there. And yeah, so it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a really cool thing to see him rise through the ranks, uh, first with Mercedes and now with McLaren Shadow, and finally taking through his breakthrough uh, esports victory, a very tense one. You can see how much it meant to him afterwards. Uh, but deserved. You, you know, we've we've known and raced with Barry uh, before and since, you know, when he, even when he, when he was living in Iran. Uh, so, you know, it's just really cool to see someone that we have, like, raced with and know on, on that, at least that level to... Uh, to uh, win in these sports, he's having a good season as well. So, yeah, uh, very pleased for him. To answer your question, I think Rasmussen had to have scored a few more wins with the pole positions, the amount of pole positions he's gotten. Uh, so I just think for that reason, it's Blakely's to lose. Like he, yes. he can with that, you can see how much that win meant. He can do championship management mode from this point onwards. Yeah, he's won all the races uh, he's needed to win. Rasmussen is Mister Pito. <laughs> in, in F1 esports, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. The amount of podiums and stuff, and po- he's got thirty plus pole positions. That is ridiculous. It's are, are those stats correct though? Because 
They have to be. They can't be just putting out phony numbers, surely. And I tried to, cause I tried to look for this because I thought that's like that seems like have we done thirty plus esports yeah, races? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's ten since, events a season, and we're in season five, I believe. Since, so since tw- so what, since twenty seventeen, we've been doing this. Yeah, Brendan Lee twice, Tinitsa once, Obmir twice, and Rasmussen's yeah. been in every season. So okay, that makes yeah. a bit more sense. I know he's got the most F1 esports victories with eleven. Yes. So. Most polls, most podiums, most wins, and then not a championship. So this is his yeah. best he's looked, though I think. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. This is the best where I'm most convinced. But I think I think to answer your question, it will be Lucas Blakely. Yeah, so do I. Um, I'm sure the Pogmir fans are very very upset. He's been good, man. If he could ever fix out his qualifying, he'd be he'd be sword. He just doesn't have the pace of them two. Like his race, he, like his he, races are good. His races are good. It just this year he just doesn't have the pace of them two. Them yeah. two miles in front. Yeah. So yeah, I think Lucas Blakely will do it. Do we even like is it next, when's the last event? I think there's two more events. Oh, two more events. Yeah, I believe so. I was just sort of getting it in early. I could be wrong. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's I'm two more events and six races overall. I mean, it's not, I have the question that Rasmussen could come back, but yeah, Blakely I think is looking good for now, and McLaren Shadow should. Uh, yeah, they've Shit. got the constructors under wraps. Mm. I'll be happy for them because they were one of the first ones to really get into this uh, this whole scene. Uh, yeah, you know. two more events. Two more events, six more races. Yeah, very possible. Yeah, it is It is six, right? It's, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Monza, Mexico, Austin on November 2nd to November 4th. And then Japan, Brazil and Abu Dhabi from December 14th to December 16th. Okay. Yeah, I'll wait, I'll wait until after... Uh, there's Next a midpoint. Event. We've both said Blakely, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's this is this is how, what he's come to. This is the only racial action we have. Yeah, I mean, uh... we both normally hate F1 sports, but it's actually been fairly decent. It has been fun to watch. Like the races can be a bit of a drag at times because like it's you're waiting for the right time to overtake someone, so to speak. The wet races have been interesting, very good. Mm. Yeah, that one at Netherlands was quite good. But like, yeah, I enjoyed the Austrian one as well. Austrian one was very good, and we had good action as well. I thought, I thought it was pretty tense stuff with the Belgian one too. So yeah, yeah, can't complain at that. Uh, we definitely think Thomas Ronhar would be in a much better uh, esports program. What about, what about yeah, Marcel Kiefer? What about even Mercedes? They they've got Jake Benham sat waiting in the wings. Okay, he, he's he's too good not to be. At least doing. I'm surprised they haven't done one race yet. To be honest, Ferrari seem like they need a change. Yeah, Tenetsa doesn't do it for me. Neither does um, the other guy. Don't know. So Lee's Lee's fine. I think he's fine where he is. But they need someone else. Like Josh Yudoo, he, he needs a full time seat again. He's oh yeah, two absolutely. races he's done. Tormel is washed. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the first draft, and he was in it. Uh, yeah, he he was good back then. He's just not. I don't think he's got um, front pace team. He'd be but, good for someone like Williams. I mean, like he's like it is five years ago at this stage. Like, like I, mean, I know it's it, it kind of did a full circle during the week there because um, Chimbalak Bassi was there doing the first esports one, obviously, and he was there at that desk uh, for the one during the week there as well. So mm, interesting. I don't watch the build up. I try and avoid it. It's actually. Constant. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the humor is a little cringy, but it's actually like uh, now they have, like know who they have. Like bring in Johnny Herbert's like, stupid thing to do. Um, 
Yeah. You know, they have people there who irrelevant people. They have fine. people who know what they're talking, like you know the scene, and you know there can be some good banterful moments at least. Like it, it yeah. can be, it can be somewhat entertaining. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I have run out of things to say. And uh, we shall see you next week. Goodbye.